when you're on a date, do um gentlemanly gestures such as opening the door for her, pulling out her chair, offering to pay for her meals and drinks, a few compliments on maybe her hair or what she's wearing, and even offer her some kind of flower. But that's optional. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Theo, otherwise known as Mr. A+. I'm starting this podcast because I want to entertain people and bring love and light into people's lives as well. Rules for the podcast include no controversial topics such as politics, religion, past wars, weaponry, and drugs. And most importantly, it has a strict no-covert-talk policy. In today's episode, we spoke about dating relationships, and I even asked Mel some questions from my Instagram audience. Mel Schilling is one of Australia's highest profile therapists, most notably in her role on Channel 9's Married at First Sight. Hello, Mel. How has your day been today, may I ask? Oh, it's been great, Michael. It's so nice to have a Sunday that's a little bit rainy and to be inside and just enjoying some time with a friend. How about you? I had to get a couple of things done today. I had to replace a toolkit that I have. Oh. And also, I like to say, I cannot express what an honour it is for you to be our guest today. Oh, Michael, it's such an honour for me. I'm so pleased that you asked me. I'm really excited to have this chat with you and to learn from you. Thanks. The pleasure's mine. I'd like to start off first by mentioning that the first question today actually comes Mm -hmm. from one of my followers from my Instagram audience, but I won't mention the identity of this particular fan for privacy reasons. Sure. This question is, what's the most important thing you look for in a partner? What I look for? Okay. Well... I guess if, if I was to talk about when I was looking for a partner, and I've been with my partner now for 10 years, but prior to that, I was single for 10 years. So I've had a lot of experience being single and, and dating and making mistakes and so on. And I think ultimately what I realised I was looking for was someone that I could intellectually spar with. I found that a lot of the people I was having dates with, I was getting quite bored. The conversation wasn't challenging enough for me. And I realised when I met Gareth that the first thing that really sparked us um, was that we could really bounce off each other intellectually and our humour was very similar as well. So I think that's that's definitely something I look for. But then, you know, some of the, the overarching characteristics that are really important to me, and I think to a lot of your fans and your listeners as well, Michael, would be things like authenticity, you know, someone who's not trying to pretend to be anything they're not, who's just presenting themselves, their real self. I think that's so attractive in a person, someone who's willing to show some vulnerability. You know, I think particularly us women find that so appealing in, in men when we can see some of those cracks forming, you know, that they can show a little bit of vulnerability and, you know, they've got some fault lines because we all have them and that just makes people even more relatable, doesn't it? 
as a man, what do you think about showing vulnerability on a date? Well, for me personally, I wouldn't go so far as to try to hide it on a date. I would be open and honest with my date if if I was feeling uncomfortable or something was making me feel that way. Hmm. Yep. Why do you think us humans find vulnerability so engaging and attractive in others? Because I think it shows others that that you have a heart and that you don't seem like a robot in any way. Because everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants the knowledge that that they're with somebody who has emotional availability. Yeah, you're spot on. Absolutely. And it's one of those very human characteristics, isn't it? It is, yes. That every single breathing person has it. You know, we, Mm. we all have vulnerability or what some people might call our own weaknesses or you know, little things that maybe we're embarrassed about or ashamed of or, you know, don't feel as confident about. So when we allow someone to see a little bit, a little glimpse of that, we're showing them that we trust them. Yes. And then the way that they respond will really determine whether or not we can start to really build that connection. Mm, I would agree with that. I have also have some questions that I prepared as well. Can you tell me at least three things that contribute to a healthy, loving and stable relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you three things and they all start with C. Three C words to remember in relationships. So we've got connection. This really builds on what we were talking about before because showing a little glimpse of vulnerability is one of those great techniques to help you build a connection and rapport with somebody else. Listening, active listening is part of building connection as well. Showing that genuine interest in the other person, asking them the questions to bring out their story and, you know, showing some empathy and reflecting back to them what you're hearing them say and and how they're making you feel. So connection is absolutely critical whether you're just in the early dating stages or, you know, a long-term relationship. Mm. You know, I hear of a lot of couples who get lulled into that sense of security where they kind of forget that being in a relationship takes work, you know, and and it's important to remind yourself to come back in and connect with that person, check in with them, how they're doing, don't make assumptions. So that whole connection piece is absolutely critical. Yes, it is. The second C word I would refer to there would be compromise. Now, this is about really letting go of a little bit of ego. You know, we all have ego. Let's be honest. We all do. We all bring our own our own needs into a relationship. So this can be a tricky one, particularly if you're a person like I was who's been single for a really long time. In fact, some people call that super single. <laughs> I was definitely in the super single category. And often that can mean you're someone who gets a bit set in your ways. You know, maybe you live alone. Maybe, you know, you have a very clear routine in your life and you do things a certain way, then when a new person comes into your world, you might not feel comfortable letting go of some of that comfort. So one of the challenges there in a really good relationship is to be able to compromise and to really listen in and and understand the other person's needs and their goals in the relationship as well as your own and to talk about them. Compromise can really really help you go to that deeper level. 
And then the third C word would be conflict because let's face it, when two human beings come together, there's going to be conflict. <laughs> it's yeah. just very, very natural. And, of course, if you've ever watched Married at First Sight, you will know that. <laughs> conflict is part of it. You haven't watched it, Michael? No, I I don't. It's because <laughs> I just don't really like the drama that much. But truth be yes. told, my parents and sister watch it. Do they? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you're right. There is some drama there. There certainly are loads of different examples of different types of couples and how they deal with conflict. That mm. third piece really in those really healthy relationships is about firstly accepting that conflict is normal. It's going to happen when you yes. communicate because, you know, you're not the same person. You do have different needs and beliefs and, mm. and attitudes toward things but that yeah. you can develop a really open, healthy pattern of talking about the conflict yeah. and working together to resolve it. Yes. My thoughts on that are that firstly with, with compromise, when you're faced with a situation where a solution isn't quite clear yet, you should never give your partner an ultimatum. You should only mm -hmm. find a solution that, that satisfies both sides. Yeah. So that way it's yeah. fair on, on both people. Absolutely. And with communication, it has to be open communication with both people. Mm. But that's not all. If your partner has to say say something or talk to you about something important, you should spare at least five or ten minutes or so to listen to what they have to say. Not say things like, we'll talk about it later, because generally that's mm. more of a man's way of saying, I don't want to talk about it ever and expect it to never mm. be brought up again. Mm-hmm. I figured that out myself. Why do you think men do that, Michael? It's because it's because I personally believe that they just don't really quite seem interested or just simply just don't care. You know, I to men's credit, I would say that in many cases it's not that they don't care, but maybe they don't quite know how to deal with it. You know, if you think about the way we bring up boys compared to the way we bring up girls as, as little kids, we're yeah. so often as parents, we're, we're giving those more advanced communication skills to girls more than boys, you know, and I think that's something mm. that needs to change. We, we don't really invest in yeah. boys' emotional intelligence, for example, as we should. I think as parents, we could do better. Yes, I would agree with that because part of an image of men is to never show their vulnerability and seem like they're emotionless, but mm. that's why sometimes women are more open to showing their emotions because that's maybe it's because they were raised to show their emotional intelligence. Yeah. Whereas boys aren't really encouraged to do it, but they should be. That's right. And look, we are built differently. Our, our brains are constructed differently. We have different um, chemicals in our brains that drive different behaviours. So, you know, you'll find that generally speaking, of course, men have more testosterone in their blood and women have more oxytocin. So, you know, women are more inclined toward listening and building rapport and connecting with people, yeah. whereas men are more inclined towards competing and, you know, sort of those sort of leadership behaviours. But that doesn't mean that they can't both do both. And we can, you know, yeah. as well-rounded adults, you know, we have the opportunity to develop up that side of skills that maybe don't come as naturally to us. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I it slipped my mind. Um, What was the third C again? Managing conflict. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. If there's an issue going on between 
between two people in a relationship, they shouldn't work through it alone. They should work through it together because a relationship is a partnership. Whether it's a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship or a marriage, either way, it's a partnership. And you shouldn't work through problems alone. Work through it together. People should always remember that. What do you think happens in a relationship when one person tries to solve the problem on their own? It just doesn't really quite work out the way one person or maybe both people would expect it to or want it to. Mm. But the thing is that you can try and work through it by yourself all you want, but it's just not going to work out very well. Yeah. Because what people should, should do is put their pride aside and realize that anything is possible when you work together. Yeah. That's so true. And I think as a almost like a, a predecessor to that stage. So before you can feel ready to put your pride aside, you need to feel safe, don't you? You need to feel mm. emotionally safe in the relationship. Yes, that would be true. Why do you believe people view marriage as just a piece of paper? Look, I think some people do have that belief, but I would suggest it's not as prevalent as we think it is. And in fact, I would say that marriage as an institution is having a bit of a resurgence. You know, we're seeing the popularity of the ceremony of marriage increasing again, particularly with younger people, which I find really interesting because I got married very late in life. But, you know, a Mm. lot of people are starting to get married a bit younger again. But in terms of people who hold that belief that marriage is just a piece of paper, sometimes I see it as an excuse for a lower level of commitment. So if a person can say, oh, it's just a piece of paper, doesn't mean anything. Therefore, I don't have to put the work in. You know, it's a cop-out, I think. Look, I think, you know, some people hold certain maybe religious beliefs or political beliefs that predispose them for being against the institution of marriage, and that's fair enough. Mm. But I think generally speaking, you know, in the community, I think, I think marriage is seen in a reasonably positive way. Oh, now that you've mentioned it, it makes sense. Because mm. there are some people in this world that, that just don't want to commit, be- either because they're either afraid of it or just don't want to put the work in. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's really common. But personally, I'm up for that kind of commitment. Why, why do you find that appealing, the idea of being in a committed relationship? Because you have someone to spend your life with, to share your life with, to do activities together, in addition to your family. And you would be to their family as well. Yeah. Because I'll explain what marriage really is. Marriage is the spiritual okay. and emotional bond between two souls agreeing to share their lives together. For as long as they both shall live. That's beautiful. Would you like to get married? Of course I would. But the question is, who would ever want to marry me? Something tells me she might be listening to this podcast, Michael. With with luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hello, future wife, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> What was your experience with online dating? Oh, good question. Um, I 
feel like I wasted a lot of time when I first started doing online dating because I I wasn't all in. And I, I see a lot of young people these days in a similar position. And, and now that, you know, there is the very disposable approach to dating, you know, with the swipe right, swipe left, swipe left, there's always something better out there. There's, there's this real mentality these days that, you know, if I don't like this person, I can just get rid of them and find someone else. That whole yes. culture wasn't really around 10 years ago when I was doing it. But I feel like I approached online dating in a pretty similar way because I, mm. I wasn't ready. I, I really wasn't. And so I was I, I was self-sabotaging a lot, I think, in that oh. I would date people that that weren't good for me. You know, I'd almost be setting myself up for failure because oh. I, I was choosing people that, that were not going to be good for me. Why is that? Why? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question and I see a lot of people doing this in, in the dating world. Sometimes it's just because you're not ready but you're not being honest with yourself about that. And I think that was oh. my case. I think I was in a phase of my life where I was really much more focused on my career and travel and living and working overseas and just really having a very independent life. And mm. I think back then I was perhaps dating because I felt like I should. Oh. You know, it wasn't really coming from me. And it wasn't until I got to 39, actually, that I kind of got a little bit more serious about it and thought, yeah, a bit like what you were saying before, Mike, you know, the idea that I'd really oh. love to have a partner in my life, someone to connect with on that real soul level and, you know, to be my teammate. And when I got serious about it, that's when I, I actually joined eHarmony and that was that was where I met Gareth, my husband. Oh, speaking of eHarmony, yeah. I actually uh -huh. was on that dating site for a year myself. Okay. How did you go? Honestly, it didn't work out for me because I got nowhere with anybody and I just felt like that as each month passed, I was wasting my time and and my money. Why do you think you didn't get anywhere with anyone? I tried sending messages for communication, mm -hmm. but no one replied. Mm, okay. Okay. And um, as the, the first three quarters of the year were over, I decided to give myself until the end of the year to make it last. But if I got yeah. nowhere with anybody by the end of the year, I would discontinue my membership. And that's what I did. Right. Did they have the video date service then? I don't think so because 2018 okay. was three years ago. Right, yeah. Well, they do now and that, that's been a, a function that's been introduced since COVID because, of course, everybody's locked down. So yeah. you can now, a bit, bit like you and I are doing now, you know, you can jump on a video chat and, and have a date with yeah. someone this way. Yes. How do, you, how do you think that would feel for you? Honestly, I feel a little bit mixed about that because if you're – doing an, an online date, um, how can you possibly have a connection? Yeah, look, it's a good question. And I, I would see video dating as a step between texting and a, a date in real life. You know, I think it's definitely, you definitely get more of a connection than you would with just text because 
Of course, you can see someone, you can read their body language, you know when they're smiling or, you know, when their eyes are sparkling, when they're using their hands a lot like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can really start to read someone's body language. So it's definitely yes. one step closer to connecting. I, I think it's a really good sort of next step if, if you know, you're not in a position mm. to meet up in real life yet. I think it's worth a try. I suppose it would be. But the only disadvantage with online dating is you can't give that person any kind of affection. Yes, not physically. That's right. You can't you don't get the physical touch, that's for sure. That's that's definitely a a big piece that's missing and and I guess as as you probably know yourself, until you're in somebody's physical presence, you can't really determine if there's a spark between you, can you? Yeah. That's correct. Because the thing is mm. physical affection is is one of the most important things to yeah. have a connection with someone. That's right. But if you can't because of pandemic or maybe location or other reasons, then video dating or video connecting, I would say, is the next best thing. I guess so. What was single life like for you? I'd say mostly it was really, really fun. <laughs> it was really fun. I, I definitely enjoyed being independent and you know I lived on my own for, for a lot of that time I lived with my best friend for a long time as well I lived in Dubai for a couple of years you know I, I traveled a lot I really focused on building a business I, I um, went into a business partnership with a friend so that was fun for a couple of years and I lived life to the fullest so I think you know, I'm probably a little bit different from some other people in that I didn't really get into a serious relationship until I was a lot older, like 40. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like I did everything I wanted to do before I got married. And wow. now I'm in a fortunate position where I get to do all the fun stuff with my partner and my little girl because we're all really adventurous together. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Sometimes I wish that for myself. Yeah, I, I wish that for you too. Thanks. But this may come as a bit of a shock to you, but I've been single since that I was born. I've never experienced what it's like to have a girlfriend, even though I've been on dates before. So have you had a second date with someone before? Um, With the same person? Yeah. I, I have a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But eventually it just led to nowhere. And why do you think that is? I just couldn't feel anything. So was it on your part? Were you the one who was finishing it? Mostly, yes, because I have to feel something for that person if it mm -hmm. is going to go anywhere. So when you say feel, are, are you talking about physical affection or are you talking about any kind of emotional connection? I'm talking about an emotional connection. Okay, right. And another important thing in, in having a connection with somebody is you have to make time for that person because if you're busy all the time there's no point yeah so did you find that the other people were very busy or were you the well, busy one well one person was was busy but also right i would also find it a bit difficult to um make time for a certain person if they lived out of range okay. in other words far yeah. far away but see, this is great, Mike. This is you defining your criteria. 
for what you want in a partner. Th- these are all really important pieces of, of information. And yeah. really that's one of the roles of dating, I think, is going through yeah. that decision-making process about what's going to work for you in a partner and in a relationship. So great, you've just said, you know, you want someone who has time available to prioritise the relationship, great. So if someone works 80 hours a week, then that's going to rule them out for you. You know, you want someone who's geographically close, so maybe someone, you know, within a certain kilometre radius of where you live because you want to see them regularly. Great. You know, that means stop, stop, you know, dating someone from interstate. So these are the kinds of things that can help you build that profile of, you know, that ideal person you're looking for. And then, of course, it's about not being too prescriptive, but, you know, using some of those criteria to really help you hone in on who you're looking for. Yes, that's right. But also, just to also make it clear, I'm not looking for a perfect woman, Mm. looking for the right woman, because if she's right, then she's perfect. Perfect for you. Yes, that's right. I also got to ask you this question because I'm curious. Are you familiar with a, with another relationship expert by the name of Jodie Rogers? I don't know Jodie, no. Oh, I thought you might have. Mm-hmm. You probably watched my show, right? Yes. Ah, Jodie was on your show. Yes. Ah, I need to go back and watch it a bit more closely now. What did you learn from Jodie? Well... She told me the importance of having things in common yeah. with people and, and relationships start off at the bottom as a friendship yeah. and finding things in common with that person. And, and in fact, Joe and I are actually friends. Sounds like she gives good advice. She does, yes. She and mm. I keep in touch like once a month. Great, yeah. So that piece of advice that she gave you about finding that piece of information that's in common, you know, with someone that you're going on the date with. Have you used okay. that in, in preparing for a date before? Actually, I have. It's actually been quite a while since I've been on a, on a date, mm-hmm. truth be told. And um, this may also come as a bit of a shock to you, but I'm actually highly attracted to high intelligence in women. Are you? Yes. No, that doesn't yes. come as a surprise to me at all. What is it about intelligent women that you like? Well, it's because they're easy to have a conversation with and because mm-hmm. I'm able to learn new things from them. And at some point down the track, it could even help me become more, more intelligent myself. Yeah, you can learn from each other. Exactly. I kind of perceive intelligent women wearing glasses, which I consider very attractive on a woman. <laughs> yeah, it's become a bit of a cliche, hasn't it? The the smart librarian. <laughs> yeah, it may be a, it may be a cliche, but, but <laughs> to me, it's quite it's quite attractive. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I think that capacity to be able to connect with someone on an intellectual level, as well as emotionally and socially, and as friends and all those other levels. It just, it, it means you, you you never get bored, you know, if someone is intellectually sparring with you. It, it, it keeps your brain alive and yes. it keeps you stimulated. It kind of reminds me of Sheldon and Amy from The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. A meeting of the minds. Yes. And um, what makes you happiest? I'd say being with my little girl. 
Maddie. <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm I'm a bit strained at the moment because I'm not physically with her. It's hard. Yeah. But you know, when when I see myself and Gareth reflected back through Maddie because she's so she has so many characteristics that are me and so many that are him. That just makes me so happy. And sometimes I call her little me because she's such a me. <laughs> like my, myself reflected back. It can be a little bit confronting sometimes. But that is, that's, that's my happy place, being with her. So basically what you're saying is your daughter is your treasure. Absolutely. <laughs> Lovely. Well, Mel, I'd like to thank you for joining us as our guest today. It was quite a pleasure having you on today. I really just thank want to you say thank so you so much. Oh, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Mike. It's been my privilege. Thank you for your yeah. time. And I hope to do it with you again at some point. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Where, wherever I that's, am, you know, if I'm here or I'll be back in the UK again next year, but that doesn't matter. With technology, it makes no difference. That's wonderful. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm also looking for any potential interesting guests to talk with on my podcast. So if you want to be a guest or have any questions that you'd like me to answer in my Ask Mr. A Plus segment, please email me at mraplus at gmail.com. That's Mr. A Plus P L U S podcast at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard, Please share it with a friend, and if you like, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoy the next episode. Thank you very much for your time. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm.